0: Oh, geez. Recorded live. It is recorded live. Uh, 44 degrees here in Port Clinton. And uh, what is it down there, Craig?
1: 64 degrees down here. That's chilly, 64.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> and sunny, too, my dad. <laughs> We've we've actually got, I can see some blue sky over the lake a little bit, but it's not anything like it ought to be. I mean, (laughs) and we're going to go out (laughs) for a walk later, so I'm hoping it gets warmer then. Hey, you know what happened between the time we talked last week and this week? What? Because we're talking about retired folks and things that they find to do to contribute to their community or make a better life for themselves, that kind of thing.
1: Right.
0: Um, I, I actually got a question emailed to me. All right. Hey, I thought that was kind of neat. So somebody I think that's neat. To the, somebody obviously listened to the recording and said, I'm going to talk to those guys and, and send us something. And what they said was um, they wanted to know what avenues might be open to them. Uh, if they just want to be around people without much responsibility, it looks like they're looking for a job. Uh okay. And and it it resonated with me because one of the things I've read about retirement is that the social isolation that people feel is is sometimes the worst thing about being about being retired.
1: Right, and especially for some personality types that need that affiliation, uh, and, and you know well, if they live in in New York City area, all they have to do is ride the subway at rush hour time. That'll give them plenty yeah. of uh, yeah. people, <laughs> people people contact. Now, I mean things like. Um, you know, oh, Walmart greeters. I mean, uh, we've got uh, people who work at our supermarket who uh, are probably earning a little bit of money and getting a discount on their groceries, which isn't too bad, who, you know, bring the carts in or they, uh, you know, they're, they're baggers or whatever the case happens to be. Not real high-level responsibility, just, uh, you know, don't put the... Uh, don't put the delicate stuff on underneath the canned goods, and uh, you know that type of thing so you know those are a couple things that immediately jump to mind but but there's um, you know docents at uh, museums, and again, a lot of it depends on what uh, you know what your interests are and what your areas of expertise are uh, uh, you know anything that involves public coming to you is generally the, the best place because you've got your place, and then <clears throat> you're just there to, to make their, uh, make their experience a little bit better.
0: Yeah, you know, I was in Texas a couple of weeks ago, and I went to an art museum, and they had a a show there of of, uh, local artists that had made furniture out of wood and beautiful tables and benches and things like that. And the gentleman who greeted me at the door and asked me to sign the guest book, I think that was all the responsibility he had. But he had a chance to stop and talk to everybody that came into the place, um, answer any questions they might have, make sure he found out where they were from and what they might be interested in and able to tell us about future shows. And I thought that's kind of a great gig for a
1: retiree. Sure. There's, there's, um, there are people, you know, so I remember being down at, uh, at SeaWorld and, and they're, you know, when the, while people are waiting in line, there are people that go around and, you know, just, uh, you know, do the, the, the you know, man in the street type of, uh, of interview with people and, and just to keep people going. And I know one of my things we I'm involved with a, a community sailing organization, we had an open house and we had a big long line to get out and take people out on sailboat rides so rather than just let people mill around, I mean just went around and you know talk to people where are you from da 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 'cause a lot of people who are taking part were not and most people who are down here are not from Hilton head originally, and finding connections and they say, oh you know so and so over there is from New jersey, and you know so so again this just it just Looking where where people congregate and what kind of role can you have where where people uh, come through? I, I, somebody was telling me they're they're a toll collector. So all they have to do is wow. you know they take a dollar here and there, and they get to say welcome to Hilton Head, and uh, and uh, that's uh, that's the, the main thing of their job. Obviously, they're responsible for money and try not to get hit when they're changing. You know, t- trying to move over somewhere. But wait, wait, to, wait. Uh,
0: is there is there a toll to to Hilton Head?
1: uh there there's if in one direction there is they've got a causeway that that uh takes you over uh past some of the uh the main the old main highway that went around the the circuitous route on the island but if you didn't have toll you could you could uh just go around on on the old business route uh but there is there is that toll and you you had somebody you were talking about at the uh uh up there at the, at the bridge uh yeah you know,
0: uh, Gary was a retired policeman. <laughs> he had spent his life in, in law enforcement, and I think he was a, a park ranger. And he came up here, and, and he had a chance to um, spend a lot of time in that social isolation that we all feel when we first retire. And, and he said, I love my wife. I mean, I love my wife. I re- I really, With all my heart and soul, I love my wife. But 24-7 is a little bit too much for both of us. and so so he got a job now this one doesn't help the social isolation much because he's the only person stuck in that bridge but four days on and two days off uh eight hours a day for those four days he puts the toll bridge up and not it's not a toll bridge uh the drawbridge he puts it up and down Um, yep
1: so so, he doesn't get to interact then with the with the boats going by i thought maybe that was part of the thing it's just you know, waving to the yeah. waving to the people in the boats going by. So, yeah, he, he does wave, and
0: I think he's got a radio. So there is some interaction there, and then it gives him a chance too. He can step outside and smoke a cigar when he's not uh, waving at boats.
1: Well, that's good. That's, life is yeah. good. Just throw in a little brandy or cognac, and <laughs>
0: need need to do that.
1: Yeah, well, that's hey, I, that's I, good.
0: Got another uh, got another message here. Woo. Cool. on on the computer talking about uh, uh again uh, some of the stuff that we talked about last week some of the examples that we talked about and some of the resources we gave people that have recently retired and uh-huh. that was uh was Kiersey I don't remember what was it what what's the whole name there Kiersey? The,
1: uh, the Kiersey temperament sorter is what it's called and if you just type in K E I R S E Y uh, on Google, it'll pop up. The temperament sorter will pop up. And it's about a 50-question uh, 50, 50 um, assessment. It's really indicating your preference for one thing over another, and uh, and then you get a report based on based on that uh, whatever your results indicate. And uh, and and so again, that's that's probably what the person is referring to.
0: Yeah, and, and apparently that's what they did. Uh, they had the website, went to it because it says went to Kiersey and found out I'm a guardian. Uh-huh. Okay. Does yes. that mean something to you? Well, it it does. doesn't mean much. They they read the description apparently, but they're saying, what do I do with that information? What How, how do I utilize that?
1: I, I, uh, one of the things that we always had people do when they were trying to, without doing an actual uh Assessment was was to read the def uh, the uh, descriptions of the four temperaments and to underline the pieces that uh, they feel are accurate about them, uh, and uh, they uh, and then to to find out which which one is more like them than another. And I think that's one of the one of the key points is that we are not all guardian and none of the other three temperaments. We're really a mix. Of them and we can call on all four at a given point in time but just one feels uh, like the the, you know the most comfortable room in our house wherever that happens to be that's where we can kind of be ourselves and uh, and that would be it so um, yeah the guardian and we I gave the the animal metaphors that we use which are a little easier to to uh, kind of uh, keep in mind Uh, the guardian would be what we associated with, and other people, uh, David Kiersey included, associated with, the characteristics and quality of a beaver, which are very diligent and and hardworking and serious and and uh, very task oriented and other things. So so people who are guardians uh, when they're retiring, oftentimes it is a lack of schedule, it's a lack of structure, um, it's, and, and it's it's a lack of um, a real. Purpose or a uh, sense of responsibility for something uh, is and, and it, that is is what's causing some of the uh, if there is some difficulty in the transition, causing the, uh, the cause for them to be uh, again uncomfortable or just feeling kind of out of sorts because uh, their their core needs and, and you can read through there, but the the core needs are basically for membership and belonging and responsibility and duty. So membership and belonging is, is probably the easiest thing because there are a blue million groups or organizations who, you know, would just, uh, you know, just love to have somebody somebody come along and help out. We have a, a, a thing on Hilton Head, a place called the Bargain Box, and it's a second-hand shop but it's 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 one with some some really really good stuff for a very cheap price but all the proceeds and they give away millions a year go to um go to the local charities and they have volunteers who become a regular team there and responsibility somebody is in the furniture section and that's their area. And so they put stuff away and they tag it and then they, you know, can direct people to certain places. So there, there's, you know, again, there's lots of, lots of ways to, to get involved in that churches have all sorts of um, opportunities for that membership and belonging uh, and, and whether you belong to a you know, any, any uh, religious uh affiliation would be fine if so, and oftentimes they do often good things in the community. So that would be uh, certainly a, a way to address that. And then having a specific responsibility and a schedule would be would be really helpful. I think that's one of the things that I've found that uh, people literally who are guardians or beavers really feel adrift um, without that, that uh, structure that they had and without the sense of responsibility.
0: Okay, out, out of all that, your first recommendation is that they read the other
1: uh, temperament types. Correct, and you can get them so, without actually taking the assessment. You you can get the profiles of all four of them, uh, four of the temperaments, and read through them. And again, underline the parts that you think you fit when you're you're acting free of any external pressures or constraints, which is... Sometimes difficult to separate out, and I think especially for guardians because they you know they want to oftentimes have specific expectations that they want to meet uh from other people or from an organization or the rules and regulations et cetera, et cetera. One of the things they're very good at by the way, and this is where uh that they can use uh in a lot of different ways, is they're very good at logistics, getting the right thing to the right place at the right time. So anything that involves moving goods from here to there, anything that involves, uh, you know, knowing where where parts are and, uh, and and scheduling things, anything that involves those kind of things uh, is good. And, and, you know, scheduling talks at libraries, scheduling whatever it happens to be for, again, a social service agency, um, one of the places they have here uh, is called Memory Matters, which is a uh, known uh, throughout the country, at least through PBS uh, special uh, dealing with uh, with uh, cognitive issues. And they um, they have a cadre of volunteers, and they're everything from people who actually are, are interested in in working with uh, with some of the people come in who are, are struggling with some of the issues but also in in music for example they have a couple of days of music and people just there to hand out music and hand out rhythm instruments and and all those other kinds of things so again it's uh you know making sure all the goods are in place making sure they're ready to go and then making sure they get to the people and then you get them back and so anyway it's, it it kills a couple of uh it checks off a couple of things in the boxes for the guardian
0: One of the things I found out about being retired, I'm spending more and more time, it seems, with one particular class of of professionals in the community. And that takes up a lot of my time. Uh, Those that's the medical community that I'm spending (laughs) a lot of time with. And uh, specifically the dentist. Um, uh, I, I was in the chair just before I left for Texas, with a a hygienist. Well, I wasn't in the chair with the hygienist. I was with the dental hygienist. I was. You have to
1: be careful in this day and age.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And uh, um, uh, she, and she looked like she was 14. So it's appropriate for that kind of conversation. (laughs) Um, And she was apologizing because the music she was playing in her room. uh, She, she was laughing. She said, that's, all the hits from the 80s and the 90s, which I didn't find particularly funny. But she went on and told me that she had had a patient just before me who had said that he really enjoyed listening to the oldies. And she thought that was funny because she was from the 60s or 70s and 80s. Uh-huh. And, uh, and she didn't consider those the oldies. So I right. uh, I asked for a different hygienist the next time. I'm That's right. Darn that right. To her, yeah.
1: Yeah, because we yeah. had
0: we you know I, you're from the '60s, right?
1: I, I my pa- my grandparents told me about the '60s. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> me. then. <laughs> yes, I was no, in college, I was... And it, yeah, I was in college in the
0: '60s. I remember some of them.
1: And, uh, right.
0: Well, um, if, you were,
1: if you remember it, you weren't there. You weren't part of the scene. That's right. <laughs>
0: we had absolutely, inarguably, the best music on the planet. Absolutely. Like?
1: Absolutely the late fifties, early sixties, I mean you just couldn't you know, couldn't get there. By the late sixties things were starting to uh you know, it's kind of the the Beatles morphing from uh from, you know, the songs like Yesterday and Michelle to, you know, Sergeant Pepper and, and all those other things that they did. But they've been brilliant, but still very different uh eras and ages.
0: Oh, but even in the even in the late sixties, I mean, a hoe was still something in the garden and uh and, and there was melodies you know there were real melodies and real words and and, and anyway, right. that was just that was just something that that that's one place i've been spending a lot of my time to keep from that social isolation is is uh all the medical offices i've been in lately well yeah, that's, that's, that's
1: certainly certainly one way to <laughs> one way to do it and, and get that interaction with with people but that's the um yeah and again it's it's um in, in different temperaments uh Get um, you know get their need different needs for their um, their interaction. For example, uh, me as an idealist, as they were known in the Kiersey trade, that uh, was um, always. I mean, I you know one of the needs for me is to have a unique identity, and I think that's one of the things you can find <clears throat> when you do things professionally. But sometimes without the role, then then it's it's. Uh, it's less structured. And when I was before, I was doing things professionally. My unique identity, I guess, was uh, <clears throat> was was sailing and and uh, practical joking, which is uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> which was was unique, not uh, not highly effective. However, like I found when I was uh, doing career counseling at a uh, at a uh, prison uh, for people who were in a two year program there that. Um, what landed people in jail was misapplication of very good skills, and so even the seeds of of the practical joking were still <clears throat> the same seeds that you know, watching for patterns and finding a way to exploit that, which we did with people in outplacement, where we were able to see patterns in their behaviors and what they liked, and then find ways where they could use those productively, and that's so I was able to take my practical joking, which had no merit at all whatsoever, uh, except to annoy people and, uh, that, uh, and then use that same skill. So that's part of the thing is, that, you know, we, we have hints all over the place of what we need and what we want. And, you know, as strange as it may seem that if, you know, if you can identify what that need is, that's 90% of the battle. Cause then you have to ask somebody, you know, if you say, well, gee, I want to get a oh, yeah. <clears throat> a new laptop. I don't know where to go. And somebody say, well, how about best buy? Oh, I didn't go to Best Buy. So anyway, it's you know identifying what you, what you need is really the critical thing, and then and then fill the the void in whatever is missing in, in your life. I
0: I want to go back to somebody in prison, and you said they were on a two-year program. Is that what you kind of called that instead of they were doing two years'
1: time for a crime? Is that
0: no they were actually
1: they some were in for for longer than that they were more it was a uh medium security prison but what um wilmington college set up because knowing that people get out and there's a high rate of recidivism or people coming back into prison after they've gotten out mainly because they have no, Well, they have new skills, which they can become a better crook if they want to because they've learned a few tricks of the trade, um, but they have nothing that they, they can contribute. So what Wilmington did was to set up a two-year associate's degree program so these people actually came out with a degree and with some marketable skills that they could then take to the workplace. And um, I say we did the same the same thing with those people as we did with, with career counseling at Wright State or, or um, outplacing people, which is to get them to identify things they enjoyed and did well and felt a sense of pride in having done and then, um, you know, getting them to describe how they went about doing it. And from those descriptions emerged very clear patterns over and over and over and over and over again. And then narrowing that with some interest areas and uh, then found ways for them to connect with uh, with people who are actually working in that field, and you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you know you're, if you're for some reason. Some people love furniture, or some people love you know love uh, you know gardening, or it, it doesn't make any difference. Whatever that is, when you combine what you like to do with with that interest, that um, that ends up uh, being um, an avenue for for retirement as well as obviously in our case uh, for people getting uh, you know getting employment when they got out
0: we got a question on the screen here and uh, i'm not sure i understand it so i'm going to hand it off to you okay
1: oh good (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you can (laughs) the blind leading the blind
0: ear that's right (laughs) okay but you'll have an answer whether you actually whether it's right or not not.
1: yeah that's right
0: you'll, you'll make one up it says if i still need to work part time i understand that part yeah they still need to work part time how do i balance what i charge for and what's free so i'm not sure exactly what they're asking there
1: i i'm not sure either i think it, it must have been um, um you know yeah. something where they they've got a need for some financial uh ongoing financial uh means to be coming in and and yet they have things that they could offer for free or they have things they could offer for for hire and and my you know I guess my guideline on that cuz I run into that every now and then is that if it's an organization you know with with means and that would normally hire me to do something uh you know then then you're actually better off by charging them because oftentimes people value things by what it costs them and yeah, so that that would be one of the guidelines the 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 other thing is if if it's an organization that wouldn't pay me they would like the service, but they wouldn't have the means or the or the even the, on their radar screen' actually paying somebody to do that um and i would I would certainly come in and do that let's say for example if uh uh we had a, a a group of teachers that, that um or that wanted to 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 understand more about learning styles or whatever the case happens to be and um, they happen to be you know like like many teachers under paid and underappreciated and uh you know, that would be, if it was something that they had initiated, they had a group that got together or uh, and talked about things, I mean, I'd be more than happy to come in and, and donate that time. If the school said, we want you to come in and do a specific program for teachers on learning and teaching styles, schools have budgets for professional development. It's not being opportunistic. Again, it's just part of the reality of the situation. So in that case, if the school were footing the bill, the teachers would still get the benefit. But the, the school would foot the bill. So I guess that's that's kind of how I might uh, approach it. how about you? What are, What are your thoughts? Because you have so many skills and background. Yeah. Yeah, I really
0: don't. You know, um, last week I had a chance to talk to uh, a group, and we talked about it before, uh, not on a call, on just just between the two of us. We talked about. I was talking to a group of uh, hospital volunteers and board members. Right. Uh, and, uh, um i i actually i had to drive about 60 miles both ways for that particular speech so I Uphill. uphill a both ways right i yeah <laughs> uh i did ask for reimbursement uh, uh for that for sure but, yep. uh, but you know the opportunity to speak for those people and what they've done for that organization and just to thank them and make sure someone was telling them how valuable they are and the time that they've expended on behalf of that organization and by extension the patients and and the families that are affiliated with that hospital, um, really made it worthwhile to me, and in the investment of time in preparing that speech for them, and and uh, and we had a lot of fun anyway. We just laughed a lot, and it was it was it was a great time. Um, however, as I said, I did charge for part of it because. Well, you know, I had some expenses. I had gasoline and here and here on the car and stuff like that. And it, I dragged McDonald's
1: you know, on the way up and Wendy's on the way
0: back. Right. So. No, I didn't do that. I ate their okay. food. <laughs> I, let them, I let them pay for that. I thought that was important, too. Yes. Uh, yes. That just seemed that just seemed fair to me. So.
1: Well, uh, sure. Yeah, I I mean,
0: well,
1: it's, I, I, if you've got I'm expenses out of pocket. Back. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. Oh, yeah, I did. I did. I have a few. Yeah, I want to go back to that. You know, you were talking about the Guardian and how do you use that information and everything. Um, I saw that on that Kiersey site, there were a number of other tests that I could take uh, when I was taking or what I was looking at. But it looked like the only free one was that one for those temperament types. Uh, is that right? Are the, the other one's charged? And if so, what are they what do they cost? Do you know? Um,
1: there's well the Myers Briggs Type Indicator, which is is uh, probably the most widely known of personality assessments, and I prefer the word assessments over tests because tests sounds like right or wrong answers. Yeah. You know which one I usually got, but anyway the uh, uh, but the ass- assessment is is really just you know getting an indication of where you where you think you feel and even though we sometimes fall somewhere in the middle is one but that's there's um, a, ch- a charge for that and oftentimes you need to go through somebody who is um qualified to use it either through education or experience uh and has has passed a a a qualifying exam uh through the, the consulting psychologist press um, but if if you just Google an assessment i mean there are blue million assessments i 've got uh tucked away somewhere in my treasure trove of uh of things is is just a whole bunch of personality style assessments i think you know I and and i would you know part of my professional development was was to try these things and see if they had merit i mean for me the myers briggs was a was an eye opener because um i and We needed something at Wright State to make, uh, to uh, take, uh, you know, work with uh, these hundreds and hundreds of students and uh, get, uh, be able to do something in a shorter period of time, at least give them something before we could sit down and really work with them in, in greater depth. But it was a real eye opener for me in terms of its accuracy and in terms of its positiveness because it really is dealing with people who are you know are functioning well um but i think you know for me the temperament thing really did because it's behavioral and it you can go a lot of different levels and some of the resources that we talked about with with um linda barron's resources on temperament uh are uh you know go probably even more than most people want to know about themselves uh but just enough to 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 know the core needs and things like that. I mean, there are values exercises. I mean, there's a lot of self inventories you can do. And again, I just get people—they just you know just to jot down or make a mental note of when they are doing something. You know, they, if they're out shopping, and all of a sudden something attracts their attention, and they say, "Oh, this is really interesting," and they're looking at this, you know, there's something to, to tuck away. Is that something that's that's something that you want to do, or was it just a kind of a momentary curiosity? Um, but but there are plenty of free assessments out there, and maybe I could do a little more research uh, to call up. I'm a little bit. Uh, I found tools that that I found useful, and and, uh, and and I tended to stick with them because there were ones that are widely known, like the DISC, that were were to me only somewhat useful, and probably partly because I just didn't have that. Much of a grasp at as, the as same level as I did for temperament or, or type. Uh, by the way, the the, the type Myers Briggs type, you get the same four-letter uh, typology that uh, from the Kiersey temperaments, or as you would from from uh, from the the uh, Myers Briggs. The uh, mm-hmm. the interesting thing David Keirsey was the first one to uh, to link temperament, which came way, way, way back from Hippocrates' days in B.C., uh, to the, the structure and the, of the uh, Myers-Briggs 16 types and, and found that the four temperaments were actually in the 16 types. And he was the first one to make that connection. Uh, we just found temperament a little bit easier shorthand, but both have great ma- uh, merit.
0: Yeah, why don't you do, why don't you, if you can, try to collect some of those, and we've only got about a minute left today, and maybe in the next week or so, we can, we can talk about that. I will tell my story about my trip for a colonoscopy, which is great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: a trip to Bill's
0: body. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And I, and I met a doctor who was just getting ready to retire. Maybe we'll have him call in, too. Uh, we've got several people who listened today. They chose not to participate other than sending in some questions. But uh, we thank them for, for listening uh, today and being a part of the call. And maybe if we charged them five bucks, they'd value the call more. You, That's it. Now. They
1: can they can send you know just in, a, in this in a uh, not self addressed uh, but just a stamped envelope.
0: <laughs> yeah, because if they send it in a self addressed envelope, it just goes back to them, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So yeah, here they yeah, can just yeah. uh, send it to send, give it to tell them to donate, so we can tell them to donate to some somebody that normally would not have that resource or could use it more than more than perhaps we could.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay retired this week and talk to you next Tuesday. Okay,
2: look
1: forward to it. Okay,
0: Bill, thanks again. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, Craig.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?